Today's daf is Ksubis daf Kuf Yud. We are at the Mishnah, two lines from the bottom of daf Kuf Yud Amid Aleph. Today's daf is being learned. Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim Olaz Ben Yibadol Chaim Rab Shimshon Aryeh, and as a Schus Rufu Shalayim of Ascharia Shalayim Ben Batsheva Simcha. So we're at the very, very final stretch, small stretch of Mesechtis Ksubis. Uh, stretch that is going to briefly return to the laws of Ksubis and then digress to some of the most famous Agadita Gemaras and Shas dealing with the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael and in general the Milois of Eretz Yisrael. So, to Mishnah, Sholosh Arotzois Linasuan. Eretz Yisrael can be divided into three regions as it relates to the laws of marriage. What are the three regions? Yehuda, the Ever Hayarde, the Hagalil. Yehuda, Judea, that's the southern part of Eretz Yisrael. Ivra that's the other side of the Jordan River, Abnei Gad, Abnei Ruvain Fein, and the Galil, that's the northern part of Eretz Yisrael. Now, what's the significance of these three Aratzos? Rashi says the significance is that if a person marries a woman in either Yehuda or in Ivra Yarden or Galil, and now he decides that he wants to move. He wants to move from Yehuda to Evra Yardin, or from Evra Yardin to the Galil. So the halach is, he would not be able to do that. So the significance of these three Aratzas are Negeya, a man who got married in one of these Aratzas, and now he decided that he wants to move. Tosfis, the last Tosfis on the Yom, it quotes a and that says that the only time this is true is if both the man and the woman, the Chassan and the Kala, are from the same region. If, however, the Chassan marries uh, a Kala from a different region, so for example, he lives in Yehuda, and she lives in Evra Yardin, and now, after they get married, he tells her, I want you to go back to my hometown, I want you to come with me back to Yehuda. So then, the halach is, he would be able to force it. But either way, Sholosh HaRatz Yislam there are three lands as it relates to the laws of Nesuun, Yehuda, Evra Yardin, Vagadur, says the you can't force a woman, like we just said, to go from a city in Yehuda to a city in Evra Yardin, or from a krach in Yehuda to a krach in Evra Yardin. What's the difference between an ear and a krach? So this is Stam, a good Yedir. Rashi says it right here on the last line of the Amid. The krach was Godel Meir. So in general, whenever you see krachim, these were a real metropolis, New York City, even bigger than an ear. So the kvar is the village of Sachtis Megillah fame, then you have an ear, and then you have a krach. Either way, you can't force the woman to go from one city to another city or from one krach to another krach. But if a person wants his wife to move with him within a region, so he married a woman from Yehuda, he is also from Yehuda, and now he wants to move within Yehuda. So then the halach is, you can tell it to move from one city to another city or from one krach to another krach. However, you can't force it to move not from a city to a krach and not from a krach to a city. So if you're going from region to region, there's no moving at all. Even if it's meir leir, krach le krach, it's the same house, it's a similar neighborhood, the weather is the same, it's irrelevant. If you got married in a certain area, you can't force your wife now to move. If, however, you want to move within the same region, so if it's from an ear le ear or krach le krach, you're going from a similar place to another, then it would be okay. However, if you're going from an ear to a krach, 
you're moving up, or from a krach to an ear, you're moving down, it's not going to be okay. Zok to Mishnah, Moitzin, Minove Harol, Lenove Hayofa, Avaloi Minove Hayofa, Lenove Harol. When it's okay for a man to force his wife to move, the only time that's going to be the case is if you're upgrading. So you're going from a Nova Harol, literally a bad neighborhood, to a Nova Hayofa, to a nice neighborhood. However, if you're going the reverse, you tell your wife, within the same region, Meir Leir, but you're going from a nicer neighborhood to a less nice neighborhood, then again, Loi Moitzin, you can't force your wife to do that. You got married in a certain area, it was understood this is what you were going to provide, this is the way you were going to live, and it's not okay to suddenly go switch. Shimon Gamliel said, that just like you can't force your wife to move from another Yafa to another Ra, that's understood, you can't force her to move either from another Ra to another Yafa. Aye, isn't that an upgrade? What does that mean? So the Gemara is going to explain. So the Mishnah said that if a person gets married in one of the three regions in Eretz Yisrael, and he now wants to move to another one of the regions, his wife is not interested, you can't force her. Even if the two situations are similar, it's me'ir le'ir, it's me'krach le'krach, it's irrelevant. The halach is, it's not okay. But if you're staying within the same region, then it's okay. However, only if it's me'ir le'ir or mikrach le'krach. However, if you go me'ir le'krach or if you go mikrach le'ir, in that instance, it's not going to be okay. So the Gemara says, Bishlami mikrach le'ir. I understand why a man can't force his wife to go from a krach to an ear. Why? The bekrach shchichi kol mili, be'ir lo shchichi kol mili. She could say, I grew up in a big city. I'm used to having everything available. Now, if I need eggs, I'm going to have to go somewhere else. I'm, I'm not accustomed to that. So it's understood why you can't force your wife to go from a crack to an ear. But to go from a city to a crack, which is a larger city, you would think that that's an upgrade. So what's the problem? So the Gemara says, How do you know that living in the big cities is not okay? As the Pasuk says, and this is a Pasuk in Nechemia, so the Pasuk literally says that when the Yidin came in the beginning of Bayesheni, so there were those that agreed to settle in Yerushalayim, and the Am, they gave them all brachas. Pashat, they were settling in Yerushalayim, but the Gemara says, you know why they were benching them? It's because they were entering a big city. Yerushalayim is a krach, and they needed a bracha, because Yeshiva's krachim is kosher. So what's so kosher about Yeshiva's krachim? An interesting Rashi, three lines from the top. Because a lot of people, the population is very, very dense in large cities. The houses are very close to each other. And you don't have good luft. But if you live out in the suburbs, you have gardens. And the weather's much better. So this Rashi is definitely the case for living out in the burbs. But regardless, so there is an Indian that Yeshiva's and therefore, you can't force your wife to go from a crack to an ear because she's going to say, that's a downgrade. Now, all of a sudden, my shopping is not going to be the same. You also can't force a woman to go from an ear to a crack because she could say, I like living out in the, the boondocks. This is actually nicer. It's quieter. I have more space. And as a result, either way, it's not going to be good. Rav Shimon Gamliel, Gamliel said even a bigger chedesh. Rav Shimon Gamliel said, you can't even force your wife to switch neighborhoods when you're going from a nova ra to a nova yafa. Meaning, the Mishnah said that even though we're saying that a person can't tell his wife after the fact that I want to move, but that's only if you're going to a similar place, or at the very least from the neighborhood perspective, you're upgrading the neighborhood. But if you're going to downgrade the neighborhood, even if it's an ear to an ear, 
or cracked or cracked, it's not going to be fine. Rav Shimon Gamliel said that even if you're upgrading the neighborhood, it's not good. And the reason is, he gave a reason. Because a good neighborhood is boydek. What does that mean? My boydek? So the Gemara says, Kiddish Shmuel, Pshat's like Shmuel. Shmuel, Shmuel, the doctor said. So usually in Shas, it's Shmuel the Amaira. But sometimes it's also Shmuel the Roife. Shmuel said, Shinui Vesses, that if a person changes his schedule and he starts doing things very differently, Tchilas Choyle Me'ayin. It could be the onset of some digestive issues. So what's the point? The point is, if you're going to go to a nicer neighborhood, all of a sudden the food's going to be better, you're going to be invited out, you're going to get accustomed to good things. So you think it's a good thing, which... Well, it is, but it comes with an invoice. The invoice is, and as a result, a woman could say, I'm not willing to do that. It says in Sefer Ben Sira, all the days of the poor man are bad. And because he doesn't have what to eat, is that true? What about Shabbos and Yontif? Shabbos and Yontif, everybody has what to eat. So because everybody has what to eat, even the Oni Shabbat Yisrael, there is an Indian of... Shabbos. So why would we say call you may ani rom? So the Gemara says Pshadis kiddush shmuel dama shmuel shinu ives says trilas chayla mayayin. Meaning the whole week the ani doesn't have what to eat. All of a sudden it comes Shabbos and he's eating. So what happens? Chayla mayayin. That was Shmuel's memra that if a person changes dramatically what he's accustomed to doing, it could be a problem. So Ben Sira said call you may ani rom. Why? During the week, Friday, Sunday through Friday, and then Shabbos, all of a sudden, he gets what to eat, and it causes him chayil me'ayin. And Sira, and Sira also said, that not only are the days of the Oni ra'im, but the leilois are also ra'im. Why? Because his roof is the lowest roof. But his vineyard, his kerem, is the tallest kerem. So how does that affect anything? Because his roof is the lowest roof, when it rains and the water starts dripping down from the roofs, everything ends up on his roof. He ends up with a, a flood and a leak, and it's a problem. Because his kerem is on the top, so if it's ever windy, the dust of his kerem ends up falling down, it ends up going away from him. So you want your roof to be on uh, top, and you want your field to be in a, a valley. But the Araman can't afford the idiots. He ends up with the Ziburis. So he ends up with his roof being Bishval Gagim Gagoy, and his Kerem is Bimroim Harim Karmoy. As a result, this is just adding a little insult to injury, and that's what Ben Sir was coming to say. It's interesting, we talk about this whenever Ben Sir is mentioned in Shas, Kasuf Besefer Ben Sira. So who exactly was Ben Sira? So we have a related rate bite, and really rate bites, on the, tough, on the topic of Ben Sira, the short version is, Ben Sira was somebody that had written a lot of proverbs, and legend has it, it's brought down in the Chalkas Mechaikik, that he was the son of Yermio Hanavi. It's a whole schmooze. But the point is, that Ben Sira was the son of Yermio. Now, why? The reason the topic of Ben Sira is so interesting is because the Gemara in Perik Chelek talks about Svarim Chitzoyinim, Svarim that a person is not allowed to read. And one of the Svarim that I mentioned as partial off limits because it's not Kisvei Kodesh is Sefer Ben Sira. Yet the Gemara quotes Sefer Ben Sira. And now there's a quote Sefer Ben Sira, Kosov the Sefer Ben Sira. What does Kosov mean? It's like a Posik. Kosov the Sefer Ben Sira, Kosov Ben Mishle, Kosov Ben Kaheles, Kosov Ashirim. How could it be because of the Sefer Ben Sira? So this is a, a fascinating topic. But this Gemara is particularly intriguing. And that is because this, these words, Kol Yimei Ani Ra'in, is really a Pasuk in Mishlei. Mishlei Perek Tzvav Pasuk Tzvav. Kol Yimei Ani Ra'in, V'toi Vlev Mishpatamit. So the Gemara is quoting the Pasuk, Kol Yimei Ani Ra'in. 
Metakasha. What about Shabbos and Yontif? The Teretz is Shmuel. Shmuel the doctor. Shinu Veses Tchilas Choyimayai. But the point is, we're trying to bring out this Indian of Kol Yemei Oniron. And where are we quoting it from? From Sefer Ben Sira. The Messiah Shas doesn't send you to Sefer Ben Sira. It sends you to Shloyma Melech in Sefer Mishlei. So why would we even quote Sefer Ben Sira. Now, the truth is, the end of this Gemara is Ben Sira. Ben Sira said, and then he added, that whole Hemshech is related to Ben Sira. But the main point of our Gemara was, and is a Pasuk in Mishle. It's not something that we should have to fly to Ben Sira in order to quote, the Hafla asks this Kasha, Ayin Shom, the Hafla also says in their piece that Ben Sira sent Afa Leilois. Had it Ben Sira no Leilois? So Ben Sira darshant. He darshant kol, you may only run, kol is the Rabbi Saleilois, of HaGadosh Pesach fame. Rabbi Lozben Azahari and the Chachamim, kol, you may chayecha, b'havi the Maisa Mashiach, l'avi Aleilois. So Ben Sira didn't only give us some Teresh of Iksav, he gave us some Teresh of Apel also. He's being marred by the Leilois, Ayin Shom Bahafla. I say if Ben Sira was discovered about 100 years ago in the Cairo Geniza, that's also one of the related raid bites from over the years. Either way, suck the Mishnevaita. Here's the segue to the Mamish, the last, last, last Chelek of Mesechtis, Ksubis, that talks about Eretz Yisrael. Suck the Mishnah, classic. Hakol, Mailin, Eretz Yisrael. Everyone can be forced to go to Eretz Yisrael. Sahakol, just to be clear, is who we're forcing. Hakol is not the forcer, it's the forcee. Hakol mailin la'eretz nisrov, in hakol moitzien. However, you can't force everyone or anyone to leave Eretz Yisrael. Hakol mailin Yerushalayim, you can force everyone to go to Yerushalayim, in hakol moitzien, and you can't force anyone to leave Yerushalayim, echad ha'anoshem, echad ha'anoshem, and this is true both for men and for women. The point is that if you have a couple that's married, they're living in Chutzlar, it's the man decides one day, I want to make Aliyah, I want to go to Eretz Yisrael. She says, No. He can force her to go. In halacha, hakoyl mailin, l'eretz Yisrael. Even if they're living somewhere in Eretz Yisrael and he wakes up one day and he decides, you know what, we're living in Haifa, I want to move to Yerushalayim. Hakoyl mailin, you have a right to force her to go to Yerushalayim. Now, it goes in the reverse as well. If the woman wakes up and she says, I want to go to Yerushalayim, or I want to go to Eretz Yisrael, it's the same halacha. Hakoyl mailin, l'eretz Yisrael, ve'en hakoyl meitzien, hakoyl mailin, Yerushalayim, ve'en hakoyl meitzien. That's the point. Echad ha'anashim, echad ha'anashim. It doesn't discriminate. Is it the man that wants? Is it the woman that wants? Either way, the halacha is going to be the same. Not the Eretz Yisrael. If somebody got married to a woman in Eretz Yisrael, so the chassan was in Eretz Yisrael, the girsh of Eretz Yisrael, and then he divorced her, and the get took place in Eretz Yisrael. So the marriage and the girsh were both in Eretz Yisrael. So when it comes time to pay the ksuba, so the currency that you should use is Eretz Yisrael, the currency. What if somebody got married in Eretz Yisrael and he divorced his wife in Kaputkia? Now the currency in Kaputkia was worth a lot more. So in Eretz Yisrael, the dollar was less valuable than a Kaputki a dollar. So the question is, it says in the Ksuba dollars. Is it the dollar of Eretz Yisrael, the dollar of Kaputkiya? On the one hand, the Chasana happened in Eretz Yisrael, but then again, the Gerishin happened in Kaputkiya. So you go based on the Chasana, you go based on the Gerishin. What's the Lundis? The Chasana is where the Shibud happened. The Gerishin is where the Tashlumen is happening. So if you look, go bust the Shibud, do you go bust the actual Piroins? What's the Lachan? No, it's not in Eretz Yisrael. 
you're supposed to give based on Mois Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Chassan was. Not each Kaputki Begirish Eretz Yisrael was in the reverse. Somebody got married in Kaputki and then he divorced his wife in Eretz Yisrael. Mois Salami Eretz Yisrael. Then you give him Mois Eretz Yisrael, you give based on where the Gerish took place. The Gemara is going to ask the obvious question. It seems to be a steer. Do you go based on where the Chassan was or do you go based on where the Gerish was? Rabshim Gamliel, Gamliel says that in the latter case, where the Chassan was in Kaputki and the Gerish was in Eretz Yisrael, Mois Salami Mois Kaputki, you're supposed to give based on Mois Kaputki. Why? Because you always go based on where the wedding took place. What if the chasana and the gerish and everything, the whole situation took place in kaputki? I said, that's easy. Obviously, whatever that is, but you're supposed to give mois kaputki. The man or the woman can force everybody to go to Eretz Yisrael. Wherever it says the word hakoil, it's coming to be marbe something. So the Gemara says, it's coming to be marbe a person who owns an Evadivri. So if somebody has an Evadivri and now he wants his Evadivri to go with him to Eretz Yisrael, just like he can force his wife and his children, he can force his Evadivri as well. It seems that there was a Giris in the Mishnah that mentioned Evadivri. It was included in the words of the Mishnah. So obviously Hakol is not coming to be Marba, something that's before in the Mishnah. So in that case, what's Hakol coming to be Marba? That even though in the Mishnah we saw that a person can never force his wife to go from a nice neighborhood to a less nice neighborhood, Gamliel said, even not from a not nice neighbor to a nice neighborhood, because of Shinuves as Tchilas But for sure, from a nice one to a not nice one, you definitely can't force. At the same time, when it comes to going to Eretz Yisrael, even if a person has a good situation in Chutzlaretz, and if he's going to go to Eretz Yisrael right now, and that's where he's going to settle, he's not going to live nearly as nicely, it doesn't matter. That's the Chiddush of Akol Mailin, Hakol Asuye, even in a situation like this. In Akol Maitzian, that you can't force your wife to leave Eretz Yisrael. Lasuye, what's that coming to be, Marbo? What's that Hakol coming to include? Lasuye, Evet Shebarach. Mihutz Laaretz, Laaretz. It's coming to be Marbo, an Evet Kanani that ran from Chutz Laaretz to Eretz Yisrael. So somebody owns an Evet Kanani in Chutz Laaretz, and then this Evet Kanani goes to Eretz Yisrael. So you would think you've hunt this guy down and you bring him back to your house because you own him and he has a responsibility towards you. Zok the Gemara Achidish. Ain Hakol Moitzien. Me Eretz Yisrael, you can't force an Evet Kanani to leave Eretz Yisrael. So if he runs off to Eretz Yisrael, that's like a safe harbor for him. It's an Ir Miklad. He's protected. I mean, what do we tell him? Zavnei Hacha, sell yourself over here. I Meaning he doesn't go free. Vizil, Bishum Yeshivas Eretz Yisrael. But the Evet Kanani has a mitzvah of Yeshivas Eretz Yisrael, and because he has a mitzvah of Yeshivas Eretz Yisrael, you have no right to make him come back home. Now, why would an Evet Kanani have a mitzvah of Yeshivas Eretz Yisrael? It's Pasha. Evet Kanani is chayiv in all mitzvahs that a woman is chayiv in. And if a woman is chayiv in Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael, and there's no reason she shouldn't be, the only reason she shouldn't be is if Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael is not a mitzvah. But we'll see more about that tomorrow. But there's no reason that a woman shouldn't be chayiv in Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael. It's not a mitzvah saseh man garamo. So an Evet Knani who's a Yisrael b'miktas and he's chayiv in any mitzvah that an Yeshiv is chayiv in Salachayr, he would be chayiv in the mitzvah of Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael as well. And that's this Chiddush of and you can't even force your Evet Kanani to go back to Chutzlars. Okay, so we darshened Hakol Mailun Eretz Yisrael, and we darshened the Ein Hakol Moitzian. Hakol Mailun Eretz Yisrael was what? Either in Evet Ivri, or where you're downgrading neighborhoods, even then you could force. The Ein Hakol Moitzian, that's coming to be Marben Evet Shabara. Okay, what about the Hakol Mailun Yerushalayim, Ve'ein Hakol Moitzian? 
Mi Yerushalayim. So the Gemara says, "Akol Mai Yerushalayim Lasu Yemai." What's that coming to be? Marba Lasu Minava Yafel Navara. Just like we said, "Akol Mai Leir Yisrael." It's the same hakol coming to be Marba. That even if you're going from a nice neighborhood outside Yerushalayim to a not such nice neighborhood in Yerushalayim, still hakol Mai. In Akol Mai Tzin Lasu Yemai, you can't force. Your wife to leave Yerushalayim. What's that coming to be, Marba? Lasuya, filo minava, rather nava yafa. Just the opposite. Even though you're going to be upgrading, still it's not okay. But the Gemara adds a shtikel. The I did the ton erasure in Moisian. Being that the erasure the Mishnah mentioned in Moisian, ton seifanami in Moisian. Meaning the erasure of enakol Moisian from Eretz Yisrael mentioned in Moisian. So the seif of enakol Moisian, as it relates to Yerushalayim, also mentions in Moisian. Why did? The Gemara have to add this piece. So Rashi asks the Kasha. Rashi says, because we just said that what's in Moitzin coming to be Marba? It's coming to be Marba even from another Hara, the Nova Yafa. As if to say, you would have thought that if you're upgrading neighborhoods, maybe you could force your wife to leave Yerushalayim. So Rashi, I don't need that. Because once I know that you can force your wife to move to Yerushalayim, even though you're going from a nicer neighborhood to a lesser neighborhood, certainly you can force her to leave Yerushalayim despite the fact that she's downgrading neighborhoods. Meaning, let's put some Noshen uh, Nazikin terminology. Madachi could be Moitzi from the Muchsik. Right now, she's Muchsik outside Yerushalayim in another Hayafa. You can force her out of her another Hayafa to go to another Harav. Why? Because of the mile of Yish of Yerushalayim. So, Kalvachaymer, you'd be able to tell her to leave Yerushalayim. You wouldn't be able to allow, leave, let her leave Yerushalayim. Where she's muhsik already in Yerushalayim, where it's a nafkamino of neighbors. That's why the Gemara had at a knage that really didn't have to mention a moitzin, but being that with regards to Eretz it did mention a moitzin, so therefore we just mentioned a moitzin regarding Yerushalayim as well. Tan Rabban, who in Malalis, via a marriage, Lelalis. What if a fight breaks out? He wants to go to Eretz she does not want to go to Eretz Israel. Kaifenois Lelalis, we force her, that's the theme of everything we've just said. Then Lavan, if she doesn't agree, Tate she loses out, meaning he can divorce her, which he always could do, of a bloik suba. She's going to forfeit her what if she says I want to go to Eretz Yisrael and he says no I don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael we force him to go to Eretz Yisrael and if he doesn't want to go we force him to give her a get and she's going to get her. So here in Maris, Lot says, let's say they're living in Eretz Yisrael. She says, I want to leave Eretz Yisrael. She says, I don't want to leave Eretz Yisrael. We force her not to leave Eretz Yisrael. Then love. And if she actions the choice, they'd say, he's going to give her a get. But like Ksuba, he's not going to have to give her a Ksuba. Who in Melot says, Vyay Merish Lot says, if he says, I want to leave Eretz Yisrael, and she says, I don't want to leave Eretz Yisrael, so he's the one in the bed. So says, we force him not to leave, in love. And if he doesn't listen, Yoitzi, he's going to have to give her a get to eat in Ksuba, and she's going to get her Ksuba. So really, the halacha that we just mentioned is everything we know. We just said that a man has a right to force his wife to go to Eretz Yisrael. He cannot force her to leave Eretz Yisrael. She too has a right to force her husband to go to Eretz Yisrael. She cannot force her to leave Eretz Yisrael. If one of them disobeys, one of them is a Meirad or a Meiradas, so it's going to come at the expense of the Ksuba. So if she's the one that's being Meiradas, she's not doing what she's supposed to do, she's going to end up losing her Ksuba. And if it's him, he's going to have to give her a get, and he's going to have to give her the Ksuba. Nasa Ishas. And then the Mishnah said, what happens if somebody got married in Eretz Yisrael, and he got divorced in Kaputkia? Or vice versa. There's a chiv ksuba. The ksuba says dollars. Is it Eretz Yisrael diga dalaren? Or is it kaputkia dalaren? So what's the halacha? So the Mishnah said, Nasa isha be Eretz Yisrael, ve girsha 
If the marriage happened in Eretz Yisrael and the divorce happened in Kaputki, we go based on Eretz Yisrael. If the marriage happened in Kaputki and the divorce happened in Eretz Yisrael, you also go based on Eretz Yisrael. It sounds like you always go based on Eretz Yisrael. How do you understand? It sounds like you go based on where the Shibut happened, where this all went down, the marriage that is. If the Chassan happened in Kaputki and then the divorce happened in Eretz Yisrael, you also go based on Eretz you say you go basar where the guvaina took place, where the tashlumen was. So which one is it? You go basar the shasa shibu, or you go basar the shasa guvaina? Why are we always going basar Eretz Yisrael? It seems to be very inconsistent. Amar Rabba, Rabba said it is inconsistent. And it's a kula, and it's one of the kulois. It's from the kulois of ksuba. There are others, but this is may kulei ksuba because kosova. Ksuba de Rabbanon. Because the time of the mission is of the opinion that the whole Chiv Ksuba is a Chiv de Rabbanon. And being that the whole Chiv Ksuba is Ksuba de Rabbanon, so there are Kulois in the world of Ksuba, and this is an example where Mamon of Shach, whatever is the lesser denomination, if the Mokim of where the Sheba took place is less than the Mokim of the Gerishin, or if the Mokim of the Gerishin is less than the Mokim of the Sheba, you're always going to go based on what was less. Now, Shem Gamliel argued. What did Rabbi Shimon Gamliel say? That if the Chasana was in Eretz Yisrael and the Get was in Kaputki, then you go Bosor Eretz Yisrael. But if the Chasana was in Kaputki and the Gerishin took place in Eretz Yisrael, then you're going to go based on Kaputki. Why would Rabbi Shimon Gamliel say that? And the Chachamim and our Mishnah is really the old Machlokes that we saw as early as Daf Yura Meralev, where there's a Machlokes Tanom, where the Ksubas they rise, the Ksubas Rabbanan. This is just a Nafkemina in Halacha that emerges from the fact that the Chachamim holds Ksubas the Rabbanan, and Rishon Gamliel holds Ksubas the Oyrises. So me inyan le inyan ba Oyrises. Yatan Rabbanan Hamoitzi Shnarchoiv al Chaver. Somebody pulled out a Shnarchoiv al Chaver. This is Shades of Ameralev. Kosnev boy, much easier though. Bavel. So it said that this. Choyv took place in Bavel. Okay, Magbeil, Mimoy is Bavel. So then, when it comes time to collect them, I was collecting the money from the Leva, you're going to collect based on currency that was used in Bavel. Kosovo, Eretz Yisrael. If it says that the Havot took place in Eretz Yisrael, Magbeil, Mimoy is Eretz Yisrael. You're going to collect based on Eretz Yisrael. In other words, there was a Choyv that happened. There was a loan. The loan was for a certain amount of dollars, and we're trying to figure out, is it euros, it's pounds, it's dollars, it's Canadian dollars, like, zlotas, like, what is this exactly? We're trying to figure out what the denomination is. Now, if it was mefurish, then we're not having this conversation. But hachab and where it's not mefurish, and as a result, there's confusion. So what we do is we go based on where this loan happened. If the loan happened in Canada, so we assume it's Canadian dollars. If it happened in France, we assume it's euro, right? So you go based on where it happened, and, and that's the way we're going to figure this out. Kosovo Stam, it doesn't say where it happened. It doesn't say in the Shtar where the loan even took place. So then, if the Guvaina, meaning right now the person's being Teve and Bavel, Makbe and Boys Bavel, you're going to go based on where the Guvaina is. If you took it down in Eretz Yisrael, then you're going to collect based on Eretz Yisrael. The Rishonim Masber that there's actually a Svara to this. I mean, what's a Svara? Who cares where you took it out? Because I took you to court in, in Eretz Yisrael, therefore you're going to pay in shekels. But if it would have been in America, then you'd be paying three times the amount, you'd be paying in dollars, like Mechatesi. Why shouldn't it be that way? So the Rishonim say, because if a person wrote a Shtar and he didn't write in the Shtar what the dollar exactly is, then it's understood that there was probably an umdana that this was the agreement. That wherever we're going to end up fighting about this, we're going to work with the local currency, and that's the way it's going to play itself out. Either way, says the Gemara, Kosov by Kesef Stam. Let's say it says Kesef Stam. It says 100 Kesef. 
So, what type of kasef? Is it zilben a dinarim, zilben a sloim, zilben a shkalim? Like, what kind of kasef? So, the Allah is, mashayir tzaleva, magbeo, the levi can give whatever he wants. Meaning, so, lest the Malva can prove that it's a more valuable coin, so the levi will be able to do whatever he wants. Mashayir came biksuba. However, Everything that we just said is true for a regular shtar choy, the moisty shtar choy, but when it comes to ksuba over there, it's going to be different. The Gemara says, Ahai, what's it going back on? I mean, we say masha, inke na ksuba, what's this referring to? So Masharshi said, Aresha, it's referring to the very first part of the Braisa. Where the Braisa said, Hamoitzni shtar choy, al chaveroi, kosov boy, bovel, magbeo mimois bovel, kosov boy, eretz israel, magbeo mimois eretz israel. That you always go based on where the loan took place. That's true when it comes to a loan. Masha'enkin b'ksuba, when it comes to a ksuba, you don't do that. What do you do by the ksuba? You work with the lesser of where the shtar was written and where the guvaina took place. Why? Like we said, mikule ksuba shanu. And if that's what the b'raisa means, then it's lafukim, rabbi shimon gamliel. It's obviously lafukim, rabbi shimon gamliel. The amar ksuba deiraisa, who's of the opinion that ksuba deiraisa, and there's no nafkimina between a ksuba and a shtar. If it's masha'enkin b'ksuba, and we have this kula by ksuba, obviously it's not like shimon gamliel. One last gemara, kasabai kasif stam. Let's say you have a shtar and it just says Kesef Stam. Right? The Bryce said, then you can give him any coin you want. If it doesn't identify even the coin, you could do whatever you want. How do you even know it's a coin? Maybe it's a Nascha Rashi. Chaticha is Kesef of Nascha the Rababafen. Maybe it's just Chaticha is Kesef. Maybe it's just a, a piece of silver. How do you even know it's a coin? If it wouldn't say the word Matbeah, it doesn't say coin, you'd be true. The Bryce is talking about Rakoponim, at least it said coins. Maybe it means Priti. So Priti was like the most inferior coin. Priti is like a penny. So maybe it's it's pennies. I'm gonna pop a pretty the casper of the engine. You know, pretty we used to be made of nechoshes. They never made pretty of kasef, and because they never made pretty of kasef, so it can't be that it means pretty, and that's why pretty not. But any other coin that the loyver wants to give, that already he will be able to give excel. So we're gonna stop here. and We're gonna save the daf and a half of. For the next two dafin. But as it relates to today, I was thinking that we, we really just finished Ksubas. Right? Obviously, we didn't finish, finish Ksubas, but for all intents and purposes, we just finished Ksubas. And maybe as a Gishmaka way to number one, Chazer, a lot that we learned over the last few months in Mesachtis Ksubas, in a very practical, sort of halacha lemaisa, and definitely. I think fascinating way, I think it's Kedai to go through the Ksuba. As in Kriya's Ksuba. So every Chuppah has a Kriya's Ksuba. Somebody is Mechubit, I think it's a Kavit, to get up and to read the Ksuba Berabim, try not to break his teeth along the way. But the objective is to get up and to read the Ksuba. And this Ksuba is a real deal. There's a whole Masechta, Shaskotan, that focuses on the laws of Ksuba. So what exactly are we listening to? Or what exactly are we not listening to when this great Ksuba under the Chuppah? That is the topic of the following rate, right? So again, what's a Ksuba? So when we started Masechta's Ksuba, we asked this question. What exactly is a Ksuba? I think now... 110 dafan later, we have a little bit of a more intelligent, even short answer to that question. And that is, a ksuba is a document that outlines responsibilities that every married man has towards his wife. That's, in short, what a ksuba is. What exactly are those chiyufim? 
It's a few things. Number one, every single man that gets married has an obligation to give his wife a fixed dollar amount. What is that dollar amount? It depends. If the kala is a psula, mosayim zuz. If the kala is an almana, Ula, Grusha, then it's only going to be a mana, which is a hundred zoz. So the ksuba, ikr, was double the amount for a psula than for a woman that was not a psula. Now, every man had the option, this is optional in bold letters, to add to the ikr ksuba and to give a toisnes ksuba. There was no chiv to give a toisnes ksuba, but if he wanted to, he could. So that if a man decides that he wants to incorporate, doesn't want to just give his wife Masayim Zuz, but he wants to add to that, that's something that he very much has a right to do. But that's optional. Additionally, there are also Tanoi Ksuba. One of the themes of Masachtis Ksuba is with a different Tanoi Ksuba. Tanai Ksuba, Ksuba Dami. What were these Tanoi Ksuba? Ksuba's been in Dichrin, Ksuba's been in Nukfin. We'll see more about that a little bit later. The Nedunya was always mentioned in the Ksuba. Big part of the sugis that we learned the Masachtis Ksubas is that if a woman brings a Nadunya into her marriage, so she had an option to either categorize the money that she brought as Nechse Milog or as Nechse Tsayim Barzal. In the event that she checked off the Nechse Tsayim Barzal box, if that's what they decided, that meant that the dollar amount of the Nechse Tsayim Barzal would be incorporated in the Ksuba. So although the short answer of what exactly the Ksuba is, is, oh, it depends, either a mono or a Messiah. It depends if she's a Basula or if she's not a Basula. That's not the real answer. The real answer is a ksuba is a document that lays out all the chiyuvim that a married man has towards his wife. It includes the mono masayim and the toys for ksuba, optional. It includes tnoye ksuba. It includes nudunya. And as we're going to see, as we go through the real nusach of the ksuba, it includes even, even more than that as well. Now, one thing that is very important to mention at the onset and that is throughout Masechtis Ksubas we saw that the Chi of Ksuba, because it's something that's mandated, it's something that a man has to do, whether you write a Ksuba, you don't write a Ksuba, you have the Chi of Ksuba. So the Chi of Ksuba is something that is automatically in effect. So as soon as the man gives his wife the ring, they do and they crack the glass, and the band starts playing, the Chiv Ksuba automatically goes into effect. And the man can't say, what do you mean? I never wrote the Ksuba, I didn't have a mind. It doesn't matter. Chiv Ksuba is something that is automatic. It's something that is mitnoye Ksuba, it's a tnai bezdin, and therefore the halacha is that whether you do write a Ksuba, you don't write a Ksuba, the Chiv of ksuba is going to be in fact stating that it's very very important that a husband and a wife have a ksuba because the Gemara says in ksuba is taf nun vav it's shitas rameyer v'halochik rameyer b'gzeiroisav that any woman that is nivala to her husband but doesn't have a ksuba for whatever reason she has no ksuba then the halacha is harezu bilaznos. So the bi'ilah is going to be a bilaznos. And this halacha goes one step further. And that is that if a married woman does not know where her ksuba is, she lost her ksuba, and she's nivala to her husband, it's a bilaznos. And this halacha l'maysa. So it's very important that there be a ksuba. And not only that there be a ksuba, but the husband and wife know where the ksuba is. It's based on shitas rameyer, the halacha kemoysay, bigzei raysa. So what exactly is the ksuba? So the truth is, the Nusach HaKsuba that we use today is a Nusach that was drafted in the 1600s, and it was drafted by a Yid who was a Talmud Muvuk of the Taz. His name was Reb Shmuel Halevi Sega. 
wrote a sefer, a very, very famous sefer. It's called Nachla Shiva. Now, the sefer Nachla Shiva is a, a sefer that was written on the topic of Shtaris. It was actually reprinted very, very recently in three volumes with Ha'oris from Rabbi Yisrael Shalmatanzin on the Nachla Shiva and new modern contemporary Haggais. But the point is, the Nachla Shiva is a sefer that was written by Talmud Muvagadataz, and it was a sefer that was written for all stars. So it doesn't matter what star, you, star you're handling, if you're handling the Nusich of Shtar. I don't mean the lumbus of Perika Ishish and Esarmalishtaris and all the Migus, etc. That is a Brikashmul and other Svarim that everybody uses. But the point is, as it relates to just the Nusach of the Shtar, exactly how you're supposed to write the words, these very, very Aramaic words. So, really, the by far authoritative work is the Nachla Shiva. So, you can't learn the Sugya of the Nusach of the Ksuba without thoroughly going through the Nachla Shiva. So, really, today's raid bite is going to be based primarily on. The commentary of the Nachla Shiva on the Rebbe, not exclusively, but very much primarily. So the Nachla Shiva lived in the 1600s, and he wrote a Ksuba, and this Ksuba is Kemat word for word, the Ksuba that we use. Now it's interesting, when he wrote the Ksuba, he said that certain words should be written one way if you live in Germany, if you live in Ashkenaz, and another way if you live in Poland. So we're Polish, so we're going to go... I am anyways, based on the Polish uh, Nusach, and that is the Nusach of the Nachla Shiva, which is the Nusach that is used today under Kemad, every single Chuppah, as it is Chalukim also between the Sfardim and Ashkenazim, but the Inkam But the point is, this is the Nachla Shiva's Nusach HaKsuba. So his Ksuba that he wrote was a, seemingly a real Ksuba. It was written in the year 1624. So just to start. So it's Bervi B'Shabbos. This chasen is taking place on a Wednesday. It's Shloisha Yom Lechaydish El, it's Gimel Elul, Shnas Chameshes Alof and Ve'arba Meyos, Ve'esrim Mushtaim Lebriya Sa'olam. It's the year 5422, 1620, 1622, Leminyad Sha'anu Moinim Khan, And this is based on the minyad that they were counting, that they were using in the city of Bamberg. Okay, what happened on this day? Eich Ramoisha Bar Avram Hakoyen. He was the chassan. He approached the Basula, Bela, that was her name. Basra Meir Halevi, she was the daughter of Meir Halevi. And he told her heavily into, Will you marry me? So this is the opening remarks of the Nachla Shnivis Ksuba. So two hearts. And again, the spirit of what we're doing now is Bachazaring Shakul Ksubas. So number one, the Ksuba was written Bervi Bishabis. I was a Bervi Bishabis. There's no coincidences. This is the Blueprint, literally, that was used for every single ksuba mamish. So why did he pick Birvi B'Shabbos? So the truth is, he explains it, but it requires a tiny bit of an introduction, an introduction that I think we're, for the most part, still familiar with. And that is the first halacha in the Sechdes Ksubas is, B'Sula Nisus, Halacha is that a B'Sula is supposed to get married B'Yay Meravi. What's the reason a B'Sula is supposed to get married B'Yay Meravi? The reason is because Bezdin used to convene on Mondays and Thursdays, and there's a chashash that maybe a man's going to get married, and he's going you know, to see that his wife, who he thought was a B'Sula, is really not a B'Sula. Pesach B'Suach Matzasi, or Le Matzasi Lepitcha B'Sulin. There's no dan. So what do we want him to do? We want him to run to Bezdin to make sure that there was no beer that took place in between the Aresin and the Nisuin. So we want that while he's still mamish, 
Be'idin Rizcha, there should be an opportunity for there to be a Bezin. Now, if he would get married on Tuesday night, there was no Bezin on Wednesday morning. So the next time he would have the opportunity to run to Bezin would have been on Thursday. By then, he would already have calmed down. He just got married. And as a result, he would have never gone. So the halacha of Chazal, the first halacha Masech to Ksubis is Psul and this is Now the Gemara said on Daf Gimel Aleph that being that the whole Yisoyed of Psul and this is is based on the fact that Bezdin would convene on Mondays and Thursdays so says the Gemara that would mean that this halacha first went into effect mitakonas Ezra ve'elach. From the time that Ezra made the takana, that Bezin should convene on Mondays and Thursdays. But before takonas Ezra, where Bezin used to convene whenever, so then this halacha would not have been a gay. This whole din of Psul Nislim Ravi says the Gemara must have been a chiddish that came into effect when Ezra made his takana. So the Gemara, why would you need to tell me what happened before takonas Ezra? So the Mar says, I'm going to tell you why I'm telling it to you. Because you have to know that if there will ever be a time in where the Takon of Ezra will not be in effect, where Bezdin will no longer convene on Mondays and Thursdays, so then this halacha of Besul and Lissus Liyayim Ravi would no longer be in effect. Nowadays, there's no Bezdin anymore that convenes on Mondays and Thursdays. Bezdin convenes whenever they convene. But it's not following the Takon of Ezra that it should be B'yoyim HaSheini or B'yoyim HaChemishi. And based on that, which seems to be a Mephurish Shagimara, Ksubas Daf Gimel Aleph, it would reason then that the whole Takon of Besul and Nisus L'yoyim Ravi should not be in effect. And that is the Allah in Shulchan Aruch. The Mechabra in Simen Samech Talos of Cotton Gimel says that even though the first Mishnah Masech Tiskubas and really the first several, several, several Dafin, the hardest Dafin of the Masech all deal with a besul and nisus leim revi. It's not no gay of and the reason is because I'm a furish gemara. It was only negay mitakonas ezra ve'elach. And if the world would ever go back to pre takonas ezra, says the gemara, it's not negay. Well, the world went back to pre takonas ezra, and as a result, this is not going to be negay. The truth is, is another reason that besul and nisus leim revi is not negay today, and that is. What was the chashash? Why did we want the Basul to get married to Because we're afraid that the man is going to do the Birishayna and he's going to say, Pesach Pesuach Matsasi. He's going to see that he thought she was a Basul. She's not a Basul. Okay, what might have happened? What might have happened is that it could be there was a Bia between the Arisen and the Nasun. A Bia between the Arisen and the Nasun? Once upon a time, it's a Mishnah in Parakafalpi. There used to be 12 months in between the Arisen and the Nasun. So when a Basul would have Arisen, Real Arison, they would be married, Kedas, Moshev Yisrael, with Birchus Arison. They would wait 12 months before they did the Nesuin. Now, 12 months is a very long time. So it is possible that there was a beard during that time. Now, ordinarily, a man doesn't have to be choshed that his wife maybe was Nivel or Tachtov. Why? Because they live together. So if there's any reason to be suspicious, you have a homosech to soita for that, he would know. But this was very unique because they're married, but they're not living together. They might be in completely different medinas. So how does he know there was no beer? So there's a chashash that something might have happened. And because of the chashash that something might have happened, so therefore Chazal made a takono, that in the event that something happened, you should run right away to Bezin. But today, we don't wait anymore between the Arison and the Nesuin. Today, the Arison and the Nesuin happen all under the Chopa. It happens with Asachas. So today, the whole chashash, the Simba chashash, is negligible. It's something that's not applicable to Zmanazet. And because it's not applicable to Zmanazet, that's another reason why the whole Takon of Basul and this is the Emir should not apply. But the bottom line is that's the Allah Aruch. That the first line in the Sechtas is not Negev is Manasseh. Why not? Because it's all based on Takon of which we don't have today, and it's based on the Chashash B between Erison and Nesu, and there is no time between Erison and Nesu, and as a result, it's not Mistaber, obviously, that there would have been a B, and therefore, that's not something that's going to be an issue. Okay, so when should couples get married Bismanazah? So the Shukhanach doesn't say. 
The Shachonarch, however, does say that same halacha, Simen Samachdalz of Kotan Gimel, that the minik today is that the couples get married on Erev Shabbos. That's what the Shachonarch says. Now, the truth is that really that's a little bit of a Mechudosh Tegem minik. Why? Because really it's a Mechudosh Gemara in these sugyas here in Mesechtis Ksubis, where the Gemara said, That regardless of when you get married, not on Erev Shabbos, and not on Moitzoy Shabbos. And the more I had a discussion, why not? Maybe it's because the Beer Rishayna is Eisachabura, one of the big sugyas in the beginning of Ksubis. The Gemara says, that's not really an issue. Okay, what would be the problem? Because we're concerned that if the Chassan is going to be on, on Erev Shabbos, then there'll be a Suda Friday night, and maybe during the Suda you're going to run out of chicken, and you're going to pull out a chicken, you're going to do Shechita. Or if the Chassan is going to be on Moitzoy Shabbos, then you're going to be preparing for the Chassan on Shabbos, and again, you're going to pull out a chicken, and you're going to go ahead and you get a Shnech the chicken. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch says, it's this But the says, There's something that I worried about this. And therefore, the minig is that people get married in Erev Shabbos. So if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, there's no pasuk in this is Yemravi, and he brings that the minig was to get married in Erev Shabbos. The Ma'aseh of the Shiva, which is fast forwarding like 150 years from the times of the Shulchan Aruch, so the Nachla Shiva wrote that Bismanenu, I observed this two minogam in Klai there are people that get married on Wednesdays, and there are people that get married in Arab Shabbos. Those were the two minhagim that he saw. He said in Germany, the primary minig was to get married on Wednesday. In Poland, the primary minig was to get married on Arab Shabbos. Why? What's this all about? He explains. He said the reason in Germany they used to get married on Wednesday was because Wednesday, in addition to being Yom Ravi, is also mitvach. Literally, it's the middle of the week. And he said people in Germany were very spread out. So if there was a chasana, people had to come from far and wide. So you wanted to give them enough time after Shabbos to be able to leave, to make it for the chasana, and at the same time, give them enough time to be able to get back. So what they picked, the middle of the week. Mitvach is Wednesday. And as a result, that's why they used to get married on Wednesday. He refers to it as the takonas harachaykin. It was partially done that way for the people that lived far away. He said in Poland, everybody lived much closer together. So there was no issue of takonas harachaykin. You can make a beautiful chasana invite a lot of people, even though everybody is, it's going to be on a, some other day. So why they do it on Friday? He said, because they were very poor. And because they were very poor, so you shouldn't have to make a special suda for the chasana and then have to make a sheva brachas. So Friday, everybody has sudas anyway. So what's the problem? And that's why they ended up doing it on Friday. But the bottom line is, the suba that the Nachla Shiva wrote, he wrote, he wrote it on Wednesday with a little bit of a commentary why he's saying Wednesday. He said, I'm saying Wednesday, not al and this is Ravi. Rather has a tzad that maybe lechatchilo being the chazal made a takana b'sul and this is liyem revi. There's always the tam nigla and the tam nister. Says even though the tam nigla is not nogei, but the tam nister is maybe nogei. So maybe but la tam like but a takana. So he does throw in maybe there is an inyan b'sul and this is liyem revi. But he says pashup shad is it's mitvach and because it's mitvach that's why there were two days he had chasanas. He always knew Wednesdays and Fridays. You keep your schedule a little bit clear because you know there's a good chance you're going to be invited to a chasan on one of those days. Skipping around a little bit, another ha'ara. That's very, very interesting that the Nachal Shiva has. Is, so the Chosin's name in his Ksuba was Ramosha ben Rabavram Akoyen. The Kala's name was Bela Basra Meir Alevi. So the Nachal Shiva has a little bit of a discussion how you spell the name Bela. Now he spelled it Bez Yud Lamed Aleph. That's why he spelled it. But he brings that others spelled Bela Bez Yud Lamed He. And that's his Shiloh. Do you spell it with an Aleph or do you spell it with an He? So he goes on a little bit of a digression and he says that 
Whenever there's a name that's written Belash and Kodesh, you should always end it with a hey. So if you have a choice to end with a hey or end with an aleph, it should always be with a hey. In fact, he says there's no names in Belash and Kodesh that end with an aleph. On the bottom, they ask Akasha from Ezra. Ezra is Ayin Zayin Resh Aleph. So it's a name that's in Lashon Kodesh and it ends with an Aleph. It doesn't end with a He. But either way, since in Lashon Kodesh it always ends with a He. If it's not Lashon Kodesh, then very often it's with an Aleph and that's why he wrote Bela with an Aleph. And what's this Indian of naming with a hey dafka, what's the significance of this? He says a dover niflo. He says, We know Sarai, Eshes, Avram didn't have any children. And then David should change their name. Change their name from Sarai to Sarah. And then she had a child. So the Mekubalim say that what happened when the name was changed from Sarai to Sarah, what happened was she got a hay. And because she got the ois hay, so it's for that reason, it was because of the ois hay that she was zoicha to have a child. And the Mekubalim say that it's based on a Pasuk and Sefer Bereshis that says, Hey lochem zera. Hey, the word hey is lochem zera. It's something that brings zera. The Mekubalim said weiter. The Mekubalim said that Rachel didn't have any children. Why didn't Rachel have children? Because she didn't have a hey in her name. Her name didn't end with a hey. And because it didn't end with a hey, so therefore, she didn't, Sarah, was like now to have a child, Leah, Rivka, but Rachel didn't have a hey. So what did Rachel do? Rachel took a shifcha. Her shifcha's name was Bila. Bila's name ends with a hey, but not just one hey. It ends with two hays. And the oimik was that her shifcha was going to have two hays. And because it was going to have two hays, it was going to be one hay for Bila, like this Bila is going to be able to have a child. And it was going to be one hay for Rachel herself. And that's why Rachel was like to children once she took Bila. He says that the emesis, he holds that this side for Shnait in the Bukubalim is a magish. The magish says like this, by the Brisbane Absar, Hashem tells Avram Avinu, Habetno Hashemaimo. Zok the magish, Habetno Hashemaim in Ksivkan. David told Abraham, I created the world with the ois hey. I'm going to add a hate to your name and you're going to be zoicha to have children. And that's why Avram became Avraham and Sarai became Sarah. And it's Marum is in the Brisbane Absarim. Because it's all in the ois hey. But he says that's all true when you're dealing with a name of Lashon Kodesh. But Baal is not a name of Lashon Kodesh. And because it's not a name of Lashon Kodesh, Dafka Onahe, Ayn Shon, is what he says. And Dafka would add a hey, and that's why he's spelling, spelling Baal, Baal, Yod, Amenah. And then he goes on, he says something very Yosayadistic. He says that I believe that when a cipher sits down and he writes a Ksuba, he should be medactic in the name, just like people are medactic when it comes time to write in Gitin. And he says, because it's posh to me, it's posh that if a couple is getting divorced and there's going to be a Shiloh of the name, what are they going to do? They're going to look in the Ksuba. That's probably where they're going to find the name. So ultimately, the name that's used in the Ksuba is going to be used for a get. And everybody knows that when it comes to Ksivas Aget, Shemus Agitin is a big sugya, and there's so many chuvas that were written by Gdali Yisrael that has this so much on Shemus Agitin. And everyone is so medactic. And being that at the end of the day, it's really the Ksuba that's going to be used to determine the right name for the get. So he says it's critical, I think, for the cipher to be very, very careful when he writes a Ksuba. And he says, I've even found that people should be so medactic. Yes, they're medactic to a certain extent, but to be medactic on this level, this is not something that I saw. Either way, this is the first part. This is the first part of the Ksuba. Moving along. So, the Nachashiva, again, when he wrote his Ksuba, he sets it up with his Chassan and his Kala. And now we're up to what exactly the Chassan is being Mechaev himself. So the Chassan writes like this, V'ano Eflach, 
ואויקר, ואיזון, ואפרנס, יוסי ויחי, כהלכס גורבן יהודון, דפולכן ומייקרן וזונן ומפרנס ולנושיהם בקושטה. This is the meat of the ksuba. ואנו אפלח, I'm going to be אפלח. ואויקר, I'm going to be אויקר. The Eizon, that sounds like a word we probably know what it means, sounds like Mezoinus. The Farnes is definitely Miloshin Parnasa, Yossi Lichi, in English you. Kehilchois, Guven Yehudan, following the laws of the Jews, the Falchen, Umayken, Vezonen, Umafarnes, and Lenesheim, because these are things that Jewish men do for their wives, and they don't just do it Bekushta, they do it Bekushta. So what are these things? What does it mean, Vano Eflach, Vaoiker, the Eizon, Vafarnes? So Amos is like this. The answer really starts with a toysvis in Mesechtes Ksubis. The context over there was the Mishnah. The Mishnah talks about a woman that was Meireda Salbailo and a man that's being married on her husband. So the Mishnah says a woman that's Meireda Salbailo, so every single week, what do we do? We deduct from her Ksuba amount. Seven dinarim a week. Rabbi Huda argued, he says, Sheva Trapikin. Okay, what about a man that's being married al Ishtoi? My Sifin al Ksubasa, he also gets a Knas. What's his Knas? We add to the Ksuba. Shloisha dinar Meshabbas, it's a lesser Knas. It's three dinar to the week. Rabbi Huda Aimer, Shloisha Trapikin. So there's a concept of a woman that's my Redes and a man that's being married. So the Gemara says, my Redes be mine. What does my Redes mean? What does it mean when we say that a woman is being my Redes? Rafuna Amr, Rafuna says, Mitash Meshamita. It means that she's refusing Tash Meshamita. Rabbi Yitz, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yitz, Rabbi Chanina said, Mi Melacha. It means the woman is not doing the Melacha that she's supposed to do. So, what does it mean she's not doing the malacha that she's supposed to do? It's a Mishnah. The Mishnah said, The following of the malacha said a woman has to do for her husband. Right? There's a whole bunch of different things that she's supposed to do. So, according to Rav Huna, what does it mean, my redesh? She's my redesh, mitash mishamita. According to Rabbi Yosef Reb Chanina, what does it mean? It means she's my redesh from malacha. So, the Gemara says like this. The Mishnah said that not only is a woman, potentially a Meredes, a man could also be a Meredes. Freight to Gemara. Bishloim l'mandam and mitashmish. Bishloim coming to the mandam that says, what is Meredes mitashmish lach? I understand how the man could also be a Meredes. Because just like she has a Sheba towards him, fetashmish amita, he has a Sheba towards her, fetashmish amita as well. That's the Chiyav Oino. Elo l'mandam and melacha, but according to the mandam that says, melacha, mimishubitla, a man has a Chiyav to work for his wife? She has to work for him. There was no Mishnah that discussed the malachas that a man has to do for his wife. It doesn't say it. It It doesn't say anything that a man has to do for his wife. So what does it mean you're a moirin mi malacha? Mitash mishamita seder. But what does it mean you're a moirin mi malacha? So the in. Yeah, but Oimer ain't What it means is a man has to support his wife. He has to give him a zayinus. So what does it mean? He's moirin mi malacha. Moirin mi malacha means that he's not supporting her. Zok toisves. That Rabbeinu Eliyahu, one of the Bali Toysfis, said that from this Gemara you see an unbelievable Chiddush. Something that I don't think is going to come as a Chiddush to us. But it was a big Chiddush to Rabbeinu Eliyahu. And that is, he said, I thought that a man has a Chiv to support his wife. If he has from where to support. Let's see he doesn't have anything. Let's see Pasha doesn't have any money. So, does he have to go and hire, lease himself out and take a job and learn to trade so that who have now the means to support his wife? Mechatesa. If you have money, you have food, you have to be a mefarnas. You can't say, any of any mefarnas. But do I have a chiv to do malacha? To go learn a trade so that I'll be able to support you? Sinra said, I always thought no. Mechatesi. There's a chiv share. Okay, if I don't have money, so I don't have. What am I supposed to do? 
So what exactly is the option? From this lotion of the Gemara, that a man could be moirad, not from Mizoinus, me melacha, it sounds like you have a chiv to go work. And there's a chiv melacha. Then when a person gets married, there's a chiv sherksus v'oina, and the chiv sher isn't just if you have the food you're going to give it to her, but the chiv is to actually go and do a melacha if that's something that's necessary to do. Mikan moichiach Rabbeinu Eliyo. Shechayiv Adam lahaskir atzmoi lulami tinoikis oilasoyis melacha acheres kedei losnes ishtoi. The im loikein ma inyinze it's a moirim melacha because if not, what does this have to do with being moirim melacha? Zok toys is right there. Here's the punchline. For oid heavy raya, and then Rabbeinu Leo brought another raya. Because we know b'ksuba, because we write in the ksuba vano eflach. What does it mean vano eflach? Vano eflach means I'm going to work for you. I'm going to work for you? A man has to work for his wife? What is it saying anyway that a man has to work for his wife? The Territ says that if he has no mazoinus, there's a chiv to do malacha. And there's a concept of a meiridni malacha. And that's what vano eflach means. So Rabbi Elio said, what's the taich of vano eflach? A man is saying, I'm going to work for you. That Rabbi Tam heard what Rabbi Elio said, and Rabbi Tam said, I disagree with you, Rabbi Elio. A man does not have a chiv to go become a malamatinoikis if need be or whatever to support his wife. You have the food, you have the means, you own a backyard that has corn there, you'll go, you'll harvest the corn, you'll give your wife what she needs. But to go ahead and to take a job, there's no such chiv. Ah, it's a state in the ksuba, va'ano eflach. What does that mean? So Rabbeinu Tam said, eflach means avoidus hakarka. If you have a field, you have to work the field to do what needs to be done. But to now impose on me the gavra that I'm going to have a chiv to go take a job and learn an omnis, that's not something I have to do. So the bottom line is, what we have here is we have a machloikis between Rabbeinu Atlio and Rabbeinu Tam, when you say in the ksuba, vano eflach, this is like the first real word in the ksuba. So what exactly does this mean? Ano eflach, according to Rabbeinu Leo, means you have to do malacha, you have to do whatever you need to do to make sure that your wife is going to be supported. According to Rabbeinu Tam, that's not what it means. You're not mechuyiv to do that. It means that if you have a field, and the field could produce, so then you can have a chiv to go to the field. So what's the alacha l'maysa? So if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it's in Simen Ayin, so and Gimel, the Ramah brings a yesh oimrim. The yesh oimrim oid, that if a person doesn't have a field and he doesn't have food and the only way for him to support his wife is by hiring himself out and getting a job, it's a yesh oimrin that this is something that you have to do. If you look in the Bir Agra, Bir Agra says, Ayin toisfes shom samach gimel amadav alev divra maschob oimr v'chulu. That's a toist that we just learned. And then the Goyen says, Avodaz reva poiskim k'rabbeinu tam. The opinion of reva the poiskim is like rabbeinu tam. So the bottom line is, what's the halacha? It's not clear. The Ramah brings it as a Yeshayim Rim, which sounds like there's also another Yeshayim Rim. It was a major machlik, it's Rishayim And the guy says, Das of the Rav of the Paiskin is like Rabbein Uta. Freked the Nachla Shiva. He doesn't quote the guy because he lived before the guy. He brings the Ramah. Oh, but Freked the Nachla Shiva. He says, if that's the case, I don't understand how you can write in the Ksuba such ambiguous language. Meaning, a person's writing the Ksuba. The Ksuba is a Shtaris Chaitis. He's saying, I know Eflach. What does Eflach mean? I don't know. Learn Toysvis. <laughs> and then you can open up the Ramah and the Goyen and you're going to mamish have no clue what to do. This is a Shtar. We're not playing games now. This is a real Shtar. You have to know what Vano Eflach means. So how could there be a Ksuba where you don't know Pachup Shad and Vano Eflach? As I freak the Nachla And the Nachla says that because of this, I think that when we write the Ksuba today and when we say 
It doesn't mean not what Rabbeinu Elio said, and it doesn't mean not what Rabbeinu Tam said. You want to know if you're chayiv to go like Rabbeinu Elio or Rabbeinu Tam? I don't know. Go through the Shulchan Aruch to figure out what that loft is. Or that something that we're not 100% sure what it means is going to be written in the Ksuba. Okay, so what do you mean when you say Vano Eflach? So it says the Nachla Shiva, and this is a big theme in Nachla Shiva. So one of the takeaways of this is this following Nakuda, and that is, Nachla Shiva says a man has many, many chayufim towards his wife. That's the theme of Masech the Ksubas. There's many, many chiyuvim. However, not all the chiyuvim are written in the Ksuba. Like we mentioned, no, they don't have to be written in the Ksuba. Not all of them are written in the Ksuba. What's written in the Ksuba? So obviously the Ksuba itself is written in the Ksuba. But in addition to that, only what the man is chayv medai raisa. What's a man chayv medai raisa? Sher Ksus According to Roy Vrishoyin and the Chi of Sher Ksus is a Chi of raisa. And that's the only thing that's mentioned in the Ksuba. So really, the only thing in addition to the Iker Ksuba, based on the Chiv that the man has. Again, we'll go through this, we'll see a little bit better what this means. But the point is, is Sher Ksos So he says, Eflach v'oyker ve'ezen v'afarnes is Sher Ksos How? V'ano Eflach, Rabbeinu Tam said, means avoidas karka. It seems like that was the Pasha Pshat. A woman is considered karka oilam, nestach v'asodeh, a term that was mentioned so many times throughout the Masechta, places Ksubas v'ezen v'ezen, that ish is sodeh v'shalbal. So v'ano Eflach is really a kinoi and it's oina, it's the oina part of Sherksus for oina. The Eizun, that's easy, that's the share, that's Mazonis. And the Afarnes is referring to Ksus. What does Oiker mean? So Oiker is a lotion of COVID. And really what the man is saying is, I'm going to provide Eflach, Eizun, and Afarnes. This is out of order. But it's oina, She'er, and Ksus, and I'm going to do it for Oiker. I'm going to do it in a Bakovedig way. That's what you're saying. So really what we're saying is, Really what you're saying is that I'm going to provide Shnerksus Fa'in. What does Bakushta mean? What does the word Bakushta even mean? Right? Every word we have to understand. So the word Bakushta, he said it's the Lashon of Erlach, right? It means Emes in, in Aramaic. But, but what does that mean? I'm going to do it honestly as opposed to dishonestly? So he says that there's a Pasik that says, Mayim Nemonim, Ashaloyechazvu Meimov. Mayim Nemonim, Erlach water, is water that's Loyechazvu. And Pasha, what that Pasik is referring to is, is a stream of water that's reliable. And he says, that's what the man is saying. I'm going to be reliable. You'll be able to rely on me. I know Eflach for Oikiv Eizim Vafarnes. I have it. It's not something you're going to have to think about. I'm not just going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Beshoifi Veloy Bekam Sonos. And I'm going to do it in a way it's going to be Mayim Nemonim Ashneloy Dechasva. Moving along. Okay. So the first thing that we mention as far as Chiv that the man heads towards his wife is the Chiv Shnerik Sosvayim. Number two, Viyahevno Lichi Moyar Psulaychi Kesev Zuzi Masan. She was a Psula. This woman in Arksuba, and as a result, he says he's going to give Kesef Zuzi Masan. He's going to give 200 Zuz. That's the halach of a Psula's Ksuba. And this is money that you're entitled to Medei Raisa. Right, so let's take this apart. Number one, I'm going to give you the Ksuba, the Kesef Zuzi Masan, the Chazi Lichi Medei Raisa. Chiv Ksuba is a Chiv Dei Raisa, so we just learned the Gemara in today's daf, literally. The last Ksuba's Gemara, Kemar, in the Mesechta, discusses this Shiloh. It's Machloikis between Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and the Chachamim. The Geyem Mois, Eretz Yisrael, Mois, Kaput but the point is, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel holds Ksuba's Ishes Dei Raisa, and the Chachamim Shinto was is that Ksuba's Ishes the Rabbanon. The truth is, at the very beginning of the Mesechta, on Daf Yudam and Aleph, the Gemara already brought 
these two opinions, whether Ksubis de Raisa or Ksubis de Rabbon. Now, just to understand the two shitas, if Ksubis de Raisa, obviously it says it somewhere in the Torah. Where does it say Ksub in the Torah? It doesn't say in Parshas Kisaitse, it doesn't say it in the Parsha of Kiika Cheshisha. So, where does it say Ksuba? It actually says it in an interesting place. It says it in the Parsha of the Mephata. The Pasuk says that if somebody is Mephata or a woman, and he refuses to marry her. You should give her money. How much money? Like the Psulis used to get. And the amount we know from Shabbat to the Parsha Ma'anis is Chamishim Shekel, and each Shekel is four Zuz, and that's how we end up with the Ksuba of being Masayim Zuz. But it's a Pasuk in the Torah, right? It's a Pasuk in the Torah. You should give this woman, the Mephutta, what the Psulis used to get, and that's ultimately the Makar that Ksuba is there. If Ksuba is the Rabbanon, why would the Rabbanon have been Mesaking Ksuba? So throughout Mesach, the Ksuba's Gemara says, The reason is because we, want, we don't want it to be too easy for a man to be able to divorce his wife. And we want it on some level, to, there should be some hindrance. And therefore, what we do is we say that if you're going to give her a get, it's going to cost you. And that's hopefully going to prevent this from happening in too much of an easy way. Okay, so it's Machlaikis in Chas, where the Ksuba is there, the Ksuba is the Rabbanon. Who do we bask in like? Major machlokes rishonim. Toisvus and ksubas daf yud aleph says that from the sugya here in ksubas daf yud, and really from the sugya that we learned in today's daf on daf kuf yud, literally a hundred daf and later, it would seem that the ikr shita is ksubas the rabbanon. That's the shita in ksubas daf yud. Ayin sham and today's daf, we it's mikulei ksubas shano. Because Ksubas the Rabbana. Only Rabbi Shimon Gamliel holds Ksubas the Rabbana. But everybody seemed to hold that Ksubas the Rabbana. Oh, but Snok Toysvis, Vikosha. I have a problem with this. You know what my problem is? Open up a Ksuba. Denagu Lichtoif. Biksuba Kesev Zuzi Masan. The Chazul Lichim Edei Raisa. You write the Furish in the Ksuba. The Chazul Lichim Edei Raisa. And being that you write the Chazul Lichim Edei Raisa, so Freik Toysvis, that how could it be that Ksubas the Rabbana? It sounds like that's the Ikashit in Shaz. Using ordinary rules and regulations of Kaliash Psak, I would think Ksubas the Rabbana. But it doesn't stem with the nusach that we have in our ksuba. As I tell you, if you look in the rush, the rush answers this kasha. The rush says that if you hold ksubas the rabbanon, so what does it mean when we say the chazal lechimidei raisa? What it means is, and this was also one of the themes in the sugyas, we're mamash chazaring a lot now, in the sechtis ksubas, and that is, there's two types of zuzan. So there was the inferior zuz, and then there was the kasef tzuri, which was considered a more valuable zuz. How much was the more valuable zuz versus the less valuable zuz? Eight times, right? Eight times the value. But there were two different types of zuz. Now, ordinarily, for dine de Rabbanon, we'd be mekel, and we would say that a zuz means the lesser zuz. For dine de Raisa, we'd be machmer, and we would say that a zuz means the more chash of a zuz. Kesef zuzi, when we say if you hold Ksubis the Rabbanon, it means that even though Ksubis the Rabbanon, I'm going to give you the Zuzi de Raisa. And that's the title of the Chazal Lechim de Raisa. So what does it mean when we say in the Ksuba, the Chazal Lechim de Raisa? It's a little bit unclear. It depends. If you hold Ksuba de Raisa, then what you're saying is the Chazal Lechim de Raisa. If you hold Ksubis the Rabbanon, so then you're being Mechai of yourself, only mid the Rabbanon, but, but here's the point. It doesn't really play itself out in Afghamina in terms of the definition of what you're doing. Because either way, you're being mechai of yourself, zuzi de raisa. It's the zuzi too. It's the more valuable zuzin. Now, are you chayim de raisa, chayim de rabbanon? That really has nothing to do with the ksuba. Because that's more of a, a klapish mayagalia. But the point is, is that from the practical perspective, not chapsa nafkamina, if you got married in Kaputki and you got divorced in Eretz Yisrael, so there are places where it's going to chapsa nafkamina. And again, it's still tzarech pir, like the Nach Shiva asked earlier, you're signing a document, you don't even know what you're signing 100%. 
it's the, one of the themes in the Nachal Shiva. But the point is, is that when we say Medei Raisa, does it mean that the Ikechi of Ksub is Dei Raisa? Or does it only mean that the money that we're going to use is Dei Raisa to get money? So that's going to depend. If your sheet is Halacha Lamaisa, like the Rishayim, the Ksub is Dei Raisa, or your sheet is Ksub the Rabbanas. Again, the Yohivdi Lichim Mayab Sulaychi Kesef Zuzi Masan, the Chatsni Lichim Medei Raisa. Then you go weiter. In addition to the Ksuba, I'm going to give you Umezoy Naichi, I'm going to give you Umezoyness, Uksusaychi, that's Ksus, Vesipu Kaichi, what's that? Umeya Livosaychi, Kaira Kalara. And I'm going to give you Meo, I'm going to give you Meo Livosaychi, Kaira Kalara. So what is Meo Livosaychi, Kaira Kalara? So the Nachla Shiva says that this is a Kinoi also for Tashmish. So Tashmish is being referred to a few times in the Ksuba, but it's always being referred to in a very refined way. Vano Eflach, you don't want to say Tashmish. Umeya Livosaychi, Kaira Kalara based on a passage by the Bnei Sloit, that the Bnei Sloit said that we have to be born our father, Kiderech Kola Oretz. And if you look at the Targum, Kemat says, Umeil Levaseichi Kaira Kolar. But either way, that's, that's what this term means. So, I'm going to give you the Ksuba, in addition to the Mezoinaychi, the Ksusaychi, the Sipukaychi, and the Meil Levaseichi Kaira Kolar. So we skip the word Sipukaychi. What does Sipukaychi mean? What's that fourth word? So note, the first time we mentioned the four terms, it was Eflach ve'oiker ve'ezen va'farnes. So we said, really, Eflach ve'ezen va'farnes is sheriks v'svayinu. What is oiker? Do it b'derech kovid. Oiker is melashon kovid. Shnu b'derech kovid. But this word, sipukaychi, doesn't mean kovid. It's a fourth item. It's mezoinaychi k'susaychi me'elavaseychi. So what is this fourth item, the, the sipukaychi? So Nachashiva says that the sipukaychi is referring to the ma'okesef. What was the Mo Kesef? That was also a Mishnah. It was a Mishnah that Samach Talad Amid Beis. Noisin Lo Mo Kesef L'Tzarcha. The man has a chiv to give his wife a Mo Kesef some discretionary spending money. Every single week she gets an allowance. She gets a Mo Kesef. Now this Mo Kesef came up in one of the real hard letter in Ksubis Daftun Chesam Amid Beis Daftun Tesam Adalaf. But the Gemara got into why exactly Chazal were Masakin that the man should give his wife the Mo Kesef. And Pashtas, it's Tachas Moiser Maise Yodayim. So Chazal said that the man should give his wife Mazoinus Tachas Maise Yodayim, or vice versa. And the Ma'ok Kesef is Tachas the Moiser Maise Yodayim. That was a hard slogan. But the bottom line is, is that that's the Ma'ok Kesef, and the Sipu Kaichi is the Ma'ok Kesef. So, Freyta Nachla Shiva, why are we mentioning the Ma'ok Kesef? I said, oh, Shtikal Taira, we're only going to mention the Shakhsus Fa'ina. We're only going to mention the things that Yechayim Medei Raisa. So, why would I suddenly throw in the Ma'ok Kesef? What's Pashab Shah? So, he says, because if you look at the Rambam, when the Rambam says, what exactly? the Makasif is. So he mentions, for example, it's money to launder your clothing. So a man has a chiv ksos, he also has to pay for the laundry. Things like that. So he says, really, the sipukaychi, the makasif, was ancillary to the chiv sharing ksos. And once we mention the chiv sharing ksos, so we mention, now am I going to give you clothing, but I'm going to pay the cleaners bill too. Uh-huh. So that's the cheshman, and that's why we throw it in. But you want to know why you mention sipukaychi? That's the reason that it mentions sipukaychi. So either way, this man... Went, and he said, Heavenly, the Intukadas Moshe to Yisrael, he's Mechayev himself, all this, Utsvias Maras, Bela Besulta Da, the Havale the Intu. She agreed, she said, Yes, I want to marry you. And as a result, they became husband and wife. And that's what we're chronicling right here. That's what we're writing in the Ksuba. So just before we go weiter, just to speak out one more Ha'ara, and that is just an obvious point, and that is, notice there's no Taisvis Ksuba mentioned anywhere. Right? So we mentioned the Ksuba. 
but we didn't mention the Toysvis Ksuba. So the Toysvis Ksuba was a merit. So you say, okay, the Nachlashiv is Ksuba. didn't have any Toysvis Ksuba. But if there's going to be Toysvis Ksuba, that is true. That is a, a very, very true statement. But the Minig Yisrael is, is that we don't write any Toysvis Ksuba. So Toysvis Ksuba is something that's omitted. And today, there is no mention anywhere of Toysvis Ksuba. So what is then mentioned in the Ksuba? You have the Iker Ksuba, plus you mentioned the Sher Ksus V'oyna, and you throw in the Mok Kesev. The Mok Kesev gets a shout-out. doesn't sound like a lot of money. But the Mok Kesev somehow gets this honorable mention in th- inside the Ksuba, why it is that we're mentioning the Mok Kesev. Now, we said we're only mentioning things that Yechai Medei Raisa. You're not mentioning things that Yechai Medei Rabban. Why not? What's the Pshat? No, the Pshat. If you want to mention, mention everything. Chuppu will take two minutes longer. But what's the problem? Why can't you also mention the chiyuvim that the man has midirabonon? So Nachlashiva says a apshat. He says, because it's a sugin ksubas dafnin vonam and aleph, if someone's mekadash and nisha, amanasha in lochalai sher ksus vaino. So the halacha is, even though masna masha kos abatayro, tanai is bottle, but bedovashab mamoin, tanai is kain. Stating that, the Gemara says, that's only true when you're dealing with dine de raisa. If you're dealing with dine de rabbonon, so then there's a concept, chachomim asu chizak ludevrem, yoisim ishal tayro, and if somebody would be masna masha kos Batayra on a Durabonon Diga Kasa Batayra, then it could be tonight would be bottle. Snazok the Nachla Shiva. The reason Chazawa Mesakin that you should write the Sherksus Fa'ina in the Ksuba is because there's always a possibility that this marriage doesn't have a Chi of Sherksus Fa'ina. Because maybe there was a tonight. Maybe it was Amanash in Lochalai Sherksus Fa'ina. And if it was Amanash in Lochalai Sherksus Fa'ina, it would be okay. Now the truth is, it would only work for Sher and Ksus, it wouldn't work for Oina, because Oina is not a Dove Shabbat moment. But he says, once we're going to mention Sher and Ksus, we're going to mention Oina as well, because they come together. But the point is, there's a possibility that there was a Tanai of some sorts that took place. So you want to write in the Ksuba that she shouldn't be able, or he shouldn't be able to come later and say, no, there was a Tanai, I don't know, they ate they died, so to prevent a situation like that, so therefore we say, but when it comes to all the Durabon and the Gichiyuvim, Chachamim also Chizak Ladevrem, Yoisim anyways, and it would be either impossible to make it tonight, or he says that even if you can make it tonight, it would be much more difficult for him to prove it. Ayin Sham, it gets into that whole sugya. But the point is that the Dine Dei Raisa, where Masa Masha Kasabat Torah B'dav moments tonight Gayim, so therefore you want to mention in the Ksubas like this, it's going to be clear. We know for sure that the Chiv is there. But as it relates to the Dov HaShavim Mamen, where Cham Masa Chizak Ladevrem, Yoisim Mishal Torah, so as it relates to that, that's not, so some, that's not something you have to worry so much about. So moving along to the next part of the Ksuba. We shift our attention from the chiyuvim that the man has towards his wife to the nadunya. So what exactly is the nadunya, also known as the naden, so the kest? So what exactly is the, the, the nadunya? So the nadunya was mentioned in a Gemara, Mesechtis Ksubas Dafnun, Beis Amin Beis, Rechazalun, Al from Aposik, that a man who has a daughter that's looking to get married, he should promise something to his potential son-in-law. So like this, people are going to want to marry his daughter. It comes from a pasuk in Yirmiyo. It sounds even like maybe it's a din rice. But there is a concept of a father promising the uh, dunya. But in short, the father basically tells his daughter, when you get married, I'm promising a certain dollar amount. Now in the times of Chazal, if a woman would bring marriage would bring money into her marriage. So there were two ways to label that money. There was what was known as nechsem alug, and there was nechsem tzayim barzal. Nechsem alug was where the woman says, I'm going to maintain title, I'm going to maintain ownership of this nechasim, or whatever it is that I brought into the marriage. However, we know that this Baal has a schus and nechsem alug. What's his schus? He's oichel peris. Nechsem tzayim barzal is a whole different deal, where the woman gives as a gift the nedunya to her husband. So he now becomes the bailim over these nechasim. However, he has a chiv in return. What's his chiv? His chiv is that in the event that the marriage is terminated, he's going to pay back dollar for dollar whatever those nechasim were worth at the time that 
they got married. This was an arrangement that was done between shepherds and people that owned flock. Thus, it was known as Nechsei Tsoin Barzal. That's where it got its name from. But the point is, those were the two types of arrangements. Very, very different. If it's Nechsei Malug, she owns it. He just has a schos in it. If it's Nechsei Tsoin Barzal, he owns it. Any profits or losses, he's going to incur. He, however, has a responsibility. That responsibility, in the event that there was Nechsei Tsoin Barzal, was written in the Ksuba. It didn't have to be, theoretically, but it was. That's the way they did it. They would incorporate the Nedunya into the Ksuba. And our Ksubas today mention the Nedunya. So the Ksuba says as follows. The day Nedunya, this Nedunya that the Kala brought from her father's house, it doesn't matter if it's silver, if it's gold, it could be jewelry, it could be clothing, it could be kalem that's used for the dira, for the apartment, or things that's used for a bed, like sheets and pillows, so the Chasan, the Chasan Danan, is giving it a value, and the value that he's giving it is a hundred skukim kesef tzarev. That's a dollar amount. And then we continue and we say, V'tzavi, Chasan Danan, V'hoysef la mendilei, Oid meya skukim kesef tzarev, Acherim kinegdan. The Chasan was makabal on himself to give, when the marriage was terminated, not just the hundred skukim kesef tzarev, but another hundred skukim What's the total amount? Masayim skukim kesef tzarev. It's going to end up being 200 skukim kesef tzarev. So what's this haysafa? She brought a nudunya into the marriage. He was makabal achrayis. That's what nechzit saim barzal is. They even wrote it into the ksuba. That's the minig Yisrael. But he adds, and in addition to the 100 skukim kesef tzarev that you brought, I'm going to give you another 100 skukim kesef. That, according to this concept, is a mishnah. It's a mishnah. In our Mesechta, Mesechta's Ksubis, and Daf Samach Vav Amaralaf. The Mishnah said that Poskala Hachlis Loy Elev Dinar, if a woman brought something into the marriage, let's say a thousand dinar, who poisik in Egdam Chamesh Esreimana. When he writes in the Ksubis, he shouldn't write the exact dollar for dollar, but he should add another third or add 50%. What's the cheshman of adding 50%? Because if she's giving him something today, he's going to pay it back in 30 years. So there's a lot of opportunity costs. There's inflation. It loses value from, from point A to point B. And therefore, there's an Indian you're supposed to add. Now, the amount that you add was you, you marked it up 50%. But the Minigan Klal is, is that we don't mark it up by 50%, but we mark it up by 100%. So what we do is we're saying that we're assessing the Nadunya at being a value of Meus Kukim Kesef Tzaruf, and now there's the Toysvis of the Nadunya, which has a Makar and a Mishnah Tafsam and how much is the Toysvis going to be? Not what the Minig is, not what's brought down in the Mishnah, which was only a Shlish, Milabar, which is 50%, but rather it's going to be 100%. So if you think about it, there's a few Chedushim going on over here. Number one, does anyone know really when this Kala gets married, if she's bringing in, if the Shver is actually giving a Nodunya that's worth Meyer Skukim Kasev Tzaruf? It's not on your checklist of things that you have to make sure you do before you get married. The truth is that there's no guarantee. And whether she does or she doesn't, it gets written in the Ksuba. And it was something that was always incorporated in the Ksuba. Now, once it's in the Ksuba, he was Machayev himself. And if he's Machayev himself, it doesn't matter whether it was written in the Ksuba or not written in the Ksuba. Either way, he's going to have this here. So really, Chiddush number one is, is that regardless of whether or not she brought in this money or didn't bring in this money, this is something that's going to be mentioned. The second Chiddush is this major Taisvis. Usually the Taisvis, which has a Makar, which is only true if she brings it, but Afal Pikein, that Taisvis has a 
a shear. The shear is 50%. Here the tais is going to be 100%. Now what if this woman brings a lot more money in? Let's say she brings a lot more money in. So assuming it wasn't put into the ksuba, or like some side document, some prenuptial agreement or whatever, so it's going to be nechsem whatever the halachas of nechsem are. But at the end of the day, the only nechsem barzal that ruba de ruba marriages have is the nechsem barzal that's mentioned in every single ksuba, and it's really this nechsem barzal that we have over here. Moving along. The kach omar chasan denan. The Chassan Danan said as follows: that Shtar Achrayis Shtar Ksuba Sada, the Achrayis of this Shtar Ksuba, Nudunya Dein, this Nudunya, Vitoisefta Da, and this Toisefes. So let's see. We we know what this means now. What does it mean Achrayis Shtar Ksuba Sada? What's the Achrayis of the Shtar Ksuba? What is the Shtar Ksuba? It's the Iker Ksuba, right? Shtar Ksus Ve'Oyna are all chiyuvim that he has while he's married. The whole point of this is when he dies, when the marriage is terminated, what is his Achrayis going to be? So not Shtar Ksus Ve'Oyna. At that point, there is no chiyuv Shtar Ksus Ve'Oyna. This is a modern Zaynus Menachsi Yisayim, but that's a different story. But number one, the Shtar Ksuba Sada is the Masayim Zos. Nudun Yodein. That's, we have a dollar amount for this. It's Meyes Kukin Kesef Tzaruf. Vitoisefta, though. What's the Toisefes? Not Toises Ksuba, there was no Toises Ksuba. What is it? It's Toises Nodunya. It's the extra Meyes Kukin Kesef Tzaruf. Kabbalah Solai. Listen to this. After learning Ksubas, it's Mamish Fest. I'm being a Kabbalah myself. Val Yor Sai Basrai. And my Yorshim that will come in my place. Lehispara, to pay. Mikol Shfar Arag Nichsen. What do those words mean? Shvar, Shinfei Resh. Mikol Shvar Arag Nichsen. You know what that means? Idiots. I'm being mechaib myself to give you idiots. The kinyonim, the isli trois kol shemayim. And it's going to come from any nuchosim, any kinyonim that I have anywhere underneath the shemayim. Literally. The kanoi, anything that I own now, uda osedan olamikni, or anything that I'm going to purchase. Nichsen de ismohin achrayis. Whether it's nechosim sheish b'machrayis like karka, or the less lein achrayis, or if it's metaltolin, kuloin yohin achroin varuvoin, all of these nechosim are going to be achroin lefroyam inoin shtark subasada to pay back this subo the masayim zuz nedun yodein the meyas kukim v'toisefta da and the toisefes nedun which is the meyas kukim minoy I'm going to pay it from what I have vafilu min glima dal kaspoi and if it means I have to take the shirt off my back. You're going to get my shirt. While I'm alive, I'm not alive, meaning you're coming to my Yerushim, from today, and forever after. So he's mechayev himself to pay the ksuba, this limited chiv that's mentioned inside the ksuba, and he basically lays out all the different situations that he's going to pay. This is very, very mechodeshtik. Why? Number one, he says that you're going to be able to purchase, take the ksuba, mikol shvar arag from the idiots. Subasishas nigvis miziburis. It's not nignis miidias. One of the big themes of the Masachta. Elamai, he's mechayim himself. And this is the Minig Yisrael. That the men would be mechayim themselves and they would tell the women that I'm going to give you idiots. It's actually interesting because throughout the Masachta there was this dichotomy. On the one hand, you find kulei ksubashanu. A lot of kul is when it comes to ksuba, like in today's da. And then on the other hand, you find many times that because we want that men should be noisachain in the eyes of the woman, so there were so many chumras that we impose on the man and we make it so easy for the woman to collect. And Taisus and Perak already asked the steerer that Taisus says, I don't understand. Sometimes we go out of our way that we want that men should be noisachain by the women. And sometimes you find it fakir. And one of the kashas Taisus asks is ksubashishas miziburis. 
that you see a woman when it comes time to collect the ksuba, a balchayv gets bane in this. But a ksuba sisha is only miziburus. Ah, if you want the man to be noisachem by the women, you should make it that if she's ever going to have to collect the ksuba, she'll be able to collect from the, the bane in this. Or the idiots. Why is it from the ziburus? Good. It's toysus kash and toysus says, ain't ladam noise, right? You can't really understand. And therefore, Chazal make takonis, they make takonis, and it's very hard to, for us to understand all the, all the different nuances. But the bottom line is, the way we do it today is, we write in the Ksuba, Mikol Shvar Arak Nixon, this is the way we do it. There's another Chiddush here. The man says, you'll be able to collect from all, all my Nechassim. It doesn't matter if it's Nechassim She'esh Ben Machrayis, or Nechassim She'esh Ben Machrayis. Meaning, it could be Karka, it could be Metalta. And it doesn't matter if you're taking it from me, or if you're taking it from my Yarshim. You can't collect metaltalin from Yarshin. Since when can you collect metaltalin from Yarshin? The halach is metaltli diyasmi loy mishtabdi. Not to a balchoyv, not to a ksuba either. So why is this the way it's done? Okay, he's mechayiv himself, but what's the makar to this? So this already is mentioned in a toysvis. The toysvis on daf samach zayinam and aleph, the Gemara there was discussing that even though the ksuba's nigness from karka, not from metaltalin, but gemalim shalaravya, the Arabian camels, Isha Goyva Parnamahem. The woman can collect her Parna from there. Now, as Machal is Rashi Rabbeinu Tam, what Parna means? When we learned the Sugya, we learned Rashi's Pshat. But Rabbeinu Tam over there says, the Beksuba Iris, referring to the Ksuba, that even though a woman, when it comes to collecting the Ksuba, really collects from Karka, not Metalplin, right? All the different halachas. But the Arabian camels are different. Why? Because the Arabian camels were mamish like Karka. The reason is they were very valuable, and a woman had a smichas das for those camels. So toisnes brings umikan poiskim that based on this gemara, the goinim already said the metaltli didon unzer metaltlin is mishdabdi leksuba. The havu kigmalim daravia because it's like these Arabian cats today. There's no difference in karka and metaltlin, and as a result, there's a lot of metaltlin that has the chivas of karka. So today, this whole concept of us making a major chile between karka and metaltlin doesn't really apply, and that's why in the ksuba today, this is something. Thing that we would write. Now, one of the things he says is that anything I have, you'll be able to collect from even something that I don't have right now, something I'm going to get in the future. What's the makar to that? So that was the last Gemara in Perukah Isha Shanaflu. It was the Takon of Shimon Ben Shetach. The Gemara says in the olden days it was much more complicated when it came to collecting the Ksuba. They would identify a certain property and they would say, This is what you're going to get. And what if that thing wasn't around anymore? Fafalan, she lost that. Achaba Shimon Ben Shetach, the last line of Isha Shanaflu. He said that I want all the Nechassim should be Achroi to Ksuba, not only the things I have, and that's where this comes from. This comes from the Takon of of Shimon Ben Shetach. Either way, just to finish the Ksuba. The Achrayis v'choymer shtar Ksuba sada. The Achrayis and the Choymer of the Shtar. Nedunya dein v'toysefta da. The Nedunya and the Toysefta. The Kibbal Olav. Chazan denan k'choymer kol shtari Ksuba is v'toysefta is the Noagim b'benas Yisrael. Ha'asuyen k'tikin chachamenu z'choyner l'vrocha. He's taking upon himself that, that whatever a Shtar means and however enforceable it is, that's what he is signing up on, the loika asmachta, he didn't mean this as an asmachta, or if somebody makes a bet and he loses the bet. So you can always pull out a Sanhedrin Gemara and tell him, asmachta loikanya, masachit pekuvya, right? But not in this situation. You can't play the asmachta game. This is very, very real. Additionally, we're writing that don't think that maybe the cipher just gave you a boilerplate star. You might have. But don't think that the cipher just gave you a boilerplate star and he's the one that came up with all these things that he promised idiots, meaning go collect idiots from him. No, no, no. It's the star. This is something that you yourself agree to and as a result, you yourself are going to have a chiv. Either way, we conclude the ksuba by saying vik, 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 ukneina Min Ramoisha Brabavroma Akoyan Chasan Denan Lemoras 
Beila Basra Meir Halevi Besulta Da Al Koma the Kosim of Furish Lelba Mono the Koshal Mikna Behem. You make a Kenyan and the Kenyan has to be a Mono the Koshal Mikna Beh. It's not Osiba, no, it's a good Kosher Akeli. A Kol Shore Vikayam, No Un, Plenty Ben Plenty Eight, No Un, Plenty Ben Plenty Eight. This is the Ksuba. So really, the, the Kriya's Ksuba is in Mamisha reads perfect based on all the sugis that we learn. And really, in short, what you have in the Ksuba is, is it's the Shtar that obviously mentions the Chiyuvan that the man has towards his wife. It singles out the Sher Ksus for Oino because the Chiyuvan, the Raisa, and Masna Masha Kosova, Torah, B'davish, not by the Rabbanans, because Chacham Masu Chizim, the very Yosem, you have to make sure that it's in effect. It mentions the Iker Ksuba, no mention of Toysvis Ksuba, it mentions the Nadunya, we put a dollar amount on the Nadunya, and it mentions the Toysvis Nadunya, which is much more than it was in the times of Chazal, it's a hundred percent, it's a hundred um, percent markup. But as a postscript to the Ksuba, I think there's just a few very, very brief things that we need to clarify. Number one, so what was omitted from the Ksuba? We just mentioned what the Ksuba has. Let's just appreciate for a second what was omitted. One Lashon Rambam. The Rambam's Lashon is in Perikud Beis. It's in Hilchas Ishos. It's Halacha Aleph. The, the Rambam says as follows. When a man gets married, whether he marries a Besulab or a Beulah, he has to be careful in 10 things, and in exchange, he's zoich in four things. V'asara, of the ten things that he's chayev, shloishem in atayra, three of them is chayev medei raisa, ve'elohein, sheiru k'susu v'aynasa, sheiru e'elohem z'aynaseh, k'susu k'mashma, o'inasa, lovoy o'leo k'derech kal'aretz. That's the lashem we have in the k'suma. V'ashiva, and the other seven is midivrei soifrin. V'kulon t'nai bezenheim. All those ten things are t'nai bezen. Now, what are the seven things that are midi rabbanon? Ha'echod mehem ikri k'suba. It sounds like the Rambam Shita is that Ikr Ksuba is only the Rabban. But the first one is the Ikr Ksuba. Vashar, heina nekroim tenoye Ksuba. Ve'eluhein, l'rafoisem chalsa, is a chif to heal her if she becomes not well. L'ftoisem nishpis, to redeem her from captivity if she's ever taken into captivity. U'l'tkoivra l'kishatamos, to bury her if she dies. V'liyas nizoynes menechasa v'yoshevis bebeisa achah moise kol sman al-manusa. What we know as Ksubas Brinukfin, any daughters also get supporters. What we know as Ksubas Brinukfin. So, really, this 10 Chiyuvin that a man has towards his wife, and he has four Schusen in his wife. What we mention is only three of the 10 Chiyuvin. And the three that we mentioned are the ones that is chayv and Everything else was omitted. The only thing we saw that is midrabbana that's mentioned is the ikrik suba and the makesef, which Ramadan doesn't even mention. That somehow over here that somehow got thrown in. But the bottom line is nothing else is mentioned. Why? So we said the nachashiv is pshat. We're only mentioning what's midrabbana. We're not mentioning what's midrabbana. So why do we mention ikrik suba? So ikrik suba is dairaisa. That would explain that. And even if ikrik suba is dirabbana, so we're mentioning it because the chazalichim dairaisa. There isn't dairaisa. There's a component to it. You're being mechayiv yourself, or you're being mechayiv yourself, and that's something that we mention. Now, notice we don't mention anything that the woman has to do for the husband. The whole suba is what the man has to do for his wife. What about all the things that the woman has to do for the husband? How come there's no such suba? But that's not what the suba is. The Ksuba is a document that states the Chiyuvim that the man has towards his wife. That is what the nature of the Ksuba is. Now, you want to know why there isn't another document? I hear it's a good aura. 
Next time we learn Ksubis. But for now, the point is, is that that is not the Hefts of Ksubis. It's not a Kasha why it's not mentioned. You want to know why you didn't mention the other seven Chayuvim that their husband has towards his wife? That's an Achashivah's Kasha. That's a very good Kasha. Why do we pick and choose which Chayuvim we want to talk about? But in terms of why we don't mention the woman's Chayuvim towards the husband, it's very simple because that's not something that you would have. Now, a very, very obvious Ha'aru, I think that has to be mentioned as well, is why do we mention Ksubis Benin Dichrin and Ksubis Benin Nukfen? I almost thought from listening to so many Kriyas Ksubas over the years, something sounded like Ksubas Brindichrin. But it's not there. It's not mentioned anywhere in the Ksuba. Why is it not mentioned in the Ksuba? And the MS is, just to really bring out the Kasha a little bit sharper, if you look at the Mishnah, on that noon days on the dates, the Mishnah that introduces the concept of the Ksubas Benin Dichrin, it says as follows: Why Kasav law Benin Dichrin the Yahavulichiminoi inun Yarsin Kasak Subasak Yasra Kukoin de Mavkuin? Or even if you didn't write these things, they're going to be had. It certainly sounds like there was such a nusach floating around. Like law, right? You didn't write it. I Meaning you didn't write it, but they used to write it. We even have the whole nusach. So how come it's not written? So I'm not sure what the answer is. It could be somewhere in the Nacha Shiva. I, I didn't find it. But it could be the Teretz's posh. It could be the Teretz is that pre Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershon, as it relates to Ksubas, but in different anyways, this was very shriach. A man would have multiple wives, and he had boys from all his wives. So when he died, you had to hire someone that really knew Yesh to sit down and figure out how you're going to start dividing up the estate. But living in a world of Cherem Dab Enogashim, so it's not so shriach anymore. And because it's not so shriach, it could be it's for that reason this was something that was taken out. So just to end, Achren Achren Chavim, and that is Tachlis. What is the ksuba worth? Right? What is the dollar amount of the ksuba? So a man is mechayiv himself, masayim zuz. <laughs> yeah, well, you want to say something? Or he's mechayiv. <laughs> this might be a time to become uh, an out party. Meya kesev, skukin, tsaruf. Like, what does this even mean? Right? We're, not, we're not talking English. So what exactly are these things? Regretfully, there's no short, easy answer to this question. I mean, go figure out what yesteryear's zuz is worth today. But just to bring out the challenge of figuring out the Messiah Zuz. The Messiah Zuz, we said, is really based on the Chamishim Shekel that's mentioned in the Torah. According to the Mandama, the Ksubadei Raisa, it's mentioned in the Torah. It's, it's Chamishim Shekel. By Ma'anas, we learned the Mafata, that's the Kemoyer Abbasulois. Chamishim Shekel is the Messiah Zuz. Okay. Opinion Aben is five Shkalan. So really, the Ksub is ten times Pidyan Aben. Right? I never heard of a, a coin that became a gvir from Pidyan Abed. It's, it's nishkan groise geshaften. It's a few dollars. That's really what it is. Okay, so the ksuba is ten times that. So it's already an insight that we're not dealing with a very large sum of money. Here's the problem. The problem is this shir, Masayim Zuz, comes up in different places in Allah as well. One of the places is in Hilchus Sadaka. Mishn Yeshloi Masayim Zuz. It's a Mishnah in the end of Masech Tispeya. If somebody has Masayim Zuz, he's too wealthy to be entitled to all the Matnasanim. If he has Masayim Mamish Chasadina, if somebody gives him a check for a thousand, this is something he's allowed to take. So the definition of Oni when it comes to all the Matnasanim is do you have Masayim Zuz or not? What's the methodology? Zokt. Rabbeinu avadim ibartanura. Because kim luhula rabbanon, rabbanon adam esnoira, she'elu maspikim lashona achas luksusulim ezoinus. That Mosayim Zuz is enough money for a person to be able to live for an entire year. For ksus and ezoinus, you have enough of Mosayim Zuz. So it's a little bit of a problem. 
Because it, on the one, it doesn't feel like a lot of money without even knowing what it is. On the other hand, it sounds like it's something that a woman's going to be able to live an entire year off of. Now, the truth is, the, the Poiskin, the Mechab, and the Ramad, and this is a discussion that's way above my pay grade, but they work with Cheshbonis and Zachin. I think the Ramah says that Masayim Zuz is 960 grams of silver. A gram of silver, if I search correctly, this morning was 61 cents. So 960 times 61 cents is approximately $600. That's the dollar amount that we're discussing according to Ramah. There's different sheetas. But the point is the Masayim Zuz seems to not be a lot of money. The problem with this is, the problem is, is that it feels like it's not what Chazal were trying to accomplish. Right? What was the whole purpose of the Ksuba. And we know Masayim Zuz was a number that Bimei Chazal was a year's worth of support. So if you're going to work with the Masayim Zuz and you're going to figure out how many grams of silver Masayim Zuz, we don't know what it is. It's impossible to know. How are you going to know what Masayim Zuz is? So you could take the weight of Masayim Zuz, weigh it, figure out how many grams of silver it is and translate it. But with all the Cheshbainas that happened over the last millennia, it's not going to add up because you're going to have $500 over here and she needs $50,000. So the two numbers just don't equal up. So what the police can do, this is... Like I said, ask your local rabbi. But the bottom line is, this is the challenge. But there was another number that was mentioned in the Ksuba. The other number that was mentioned in the Ksuba are the Kesev Tsarev Skukim. A hundred of them. Plus, we throw on another hundred. So what are these coins anyways? So these are German marks. That's what they are. They're German marks. Now, the Nachlashiv is the one that wrote the Ksuba. He wrote it in the 1600s. So really, in order for us to figure out what exactly this is, you'd have to figure out what a German mark 300-something years ago is, is worth today. Good luck, right? It's something that's come out impossible to figure out. So what exactly this is would be very, very difficult to figure out. And really, the Messiah Zuz mekenza chashtikal anetzegeven. But as it relates to this, and we have a Messiah on this number, this is something that's much harder to figure out. Now, the way the can figure it out is that there is language amongst the, the Poiskim of Amal that described a, the relationship between the Skukim and between the Zuzim. So even though we don't know exactly what it is, but it, there seemed to have been some sort of relationship between the two. So really working backwards and figuring out what the relationship is, we're able to come up with a number. But Maisa, the number of the Masayim, Skukin, Kasev, it ranges anywhere from a few thousand dollars to as much as the Chazanisha share. You can't just use the Chazanisha share when it comes to Kizayson. The Chazanisha share when it comes to 20 plus thousand dollars. So the number could be somewhere in that range. Now, the Grada is a huge discussion in the Paiskim because when we mention the numbers, so we say, Sachako, Sachako, Masayim, Skukin, Kesev, Tzarev. That was something that was mentioned in the middle. And there's a big Shaila in all the Noise Kevim, the Bach, and the, everyone has a Shaila and everyone has an opinion in terms of is the Sachako including the Masayim Zuz or is it not including the Masayim Zuz? So that's also a discussion. The bottom line, is it's very hard to know what the number is. Is it true for a Moshe, of course, Kedarke Bekoidish, where a Moshe discusses this? It's in Evan Ezer Chelik Dalid. It's in Simon Sadik Aleph. He says Big Chedushim over there. But when he starts off the piece, he says that, you know, since 1945, where there was superinflation and stagflation in the Chles, so since they, they went away from the gold standard and now money has no value and it's uh, sounds like it was written today but it, that's the Ramosh over there discusses what's happening then and he says but Lamaisa, the Paiskim they never worked through they never figured out what is the value of the Ksuba and nobody figured it out and Lamaisa, Ramosh says the reason they never really figured it out this Tshuva was written in Tafshin Men it was written in 1980 so He's saying over the last 35 or so years here in America, nobody really worked this out. But he says he thinks the reason they never worked it out is because it's really not so Nagaya. Because really what happens is, is that uh, 
when does a person get a ksuba? So he gets the, when does a woman get the ksuba? Either in a divorce or if he dies. It's in a divorce, usually the divorce settlement ends up exceeding what the value of the ksuba is anyways. So he said it's sort of a moot point because included in the divorce settlement is going to be a mechila on the ksuba and it's usually going to be nichal in it. And if it's going to be nichal, it's not so negeya. And he says, even though by Ammonis, so there it's already different, but he says that usually there's a tzava, and usually the man ends up bequeathing his nechasim anyways to his wife, and because he bequeathes it, so also there too, we assume nichlal on that is the ksuba. So he says, the maisen, no one ever figured it out. He says, the maisen, we need to figure it out, and he has a whole arichas. He comes up with a little bit of a mahalach. But either way, that is the ksuba. Just then, why do we do kriyas ksuba? That wasn't mentioned anywhere in the Masechta. So Nachashiva says, the reason we do Kriyas Ksuba under the Chofa, in case you ever wonder, like why are you mentioning the Ksuba? The reason we mention it is, is to be mafsik between Erisin and Esuin. It's coming full circle. Because once upon a time, there was a Yud-based Chodesh Hefzik. Erisin's a mitzvah, and Esuin is a mitzvah. There's Berches Erisin and there's Berches Nesuin, also known as Berches Chasanim. So to be mafsik between the two sets of brachas, so what we do is, we have the Kriyas Ksuba, that is what the purpose of the Kriyas Ksuba is.